0: You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co host, David Drogenmeier, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. I also write for the LA Football Network, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up guys? Well, a special thank you to all of our new listeners that are checking out the show with us for the first time today. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show and a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well. I do want to start the show with just some personal news for the podcast because if you guys didn't see it on Twitter, which is where we posted it, we are now a part of the Tegna network. So we actually got bought out the Locked On podcast podcast network has been bought by a bigger multimedia billion dollar corporation so we're excited to see you know what the new opportunities lead to for us but yeah definitely still on the up and up and we couldn't have done that without you guys so we're hopefully that you know even pour some more money into what we're doing around here and can even raise the quality a little bit more and just bring you guys even that much more, If whether it's video interface or whatever the case is, keeping this podcast growing and moving forward. So excited about that. But on today's show, we did have Ronaldo Hill have his first press conference as the new defensive coordinator for the Chargers. And we got a little bonus because he also gave us some insight onto the coaching staff. And there's a guy, you know, in Giff Smith where we thought he was gone. He was reported to be going to the Lions. Now it seems as if he's back, and he also talked about a couple of guys that we had not heard their name through the whole process, so we're going to get into those coaches at the end of the show, but to start the show, we're just going to be getting into some of his philosophies, how he feels about Brandon Staley calling the plays, even though he's obviously the defensive coordinator, and we'll just talk about their relationship and what those guys have been able to do working together in their time with the Broncos, and I think it gave some insight as to why he decided, Staley, that is, to pick Ronaldo Hill as his defensive coordinator, and I think there was a lot of exciting things that were said that gets us excited about the Chargers' defense this season, but let's go ahead and get into it. Ronaldo Hill had his first press conference as the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, and I think one of the things that a lot of people were thinking about is just the relationship between the two of them, Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill. Obviously, you know, there was a lot of good candidates out there, and Staley decided to go with somebody who isn't as experienced in the NFL, really only three years of experience at the NFL level going into this, mostly with defensive backs, or really all with defensive backs. But Another thing he was asked was just how he felt about Brain and Staley calling the plays as the head coach. And one of the things he talked about is just the fact that Brain and Staley takes a lot of input, so he thinks that'll be fine. Those guys have collaborated on many things, David. And he said that it's not always like that when you go into certain coaches' office. They're not always so accepting of new ideas, and some guys have to, you know, have it be their way or the highway. And he, you know, seemed genuine in saying that. Brandon Staley's a guy that listened. And even though he might not be calling the plays defensively on game day, he will still have a lot of input into what happens defensively.
0: Yeah, he might not be the guy on Sunday calling all the plays. Brandon Staley is going to be that guy. But he is going to be instrumental in putting the plan together in the sequence in calling those plays. And, you know, that's something that they really spoke a lot about. And with Honestly, with all the coaches is the collaboration that they're going to have building this plan whether it is on offense or on defense with renato hill as the defensive coordinator they want input impo- they want input from the coaches they want input from the players and they're going to have that you know back and forth that reciprocation of, of that communication on and that's how they're going to operate which i think is phenomenal i mean you want to get all your ideas together you don't want to shut anybody out because you never know what that individual is going to come up with or you know that scheme or, or that play that it just is magic you know? it's 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 got to be appreciated for a a young coordinator to get an opportunity yeah he might not be calling the plays and getting all the glory but he's going to be heavily involved in the game plan and when the defense does do well or if it does do well he gets to benefit as being the defensive coordinator
1: he definitely does and i do hope that you know people understand that staley you know has so much help in a guy like hill there you know coming up with all of these different ways as they've put it many times to stress out the offense and Put tension on the offense. All of those things are good if you're a defense. You want to put them in conflict. You want to make things tougher for them. And then another thing that he was asked right after that was just if it was maybe a good thing, you know, and his first role as a defensive coordinator for him to not be calling the plays and if there was any, you know, benefits to having that be the case. And he actually was very honest and he said, yeah, there is. And basically the point he was making with it is just, that he hasn't coached all of these different positions. But what it does let him do is give the input on things that he likes to do. He doesn't have to be have the pressure on game day to actually be calling the plays. And another thing is, David, is he's only worked with defensive backs. So he said, now, not only can he help on the back end, and I think that's probably where a lot of his time will be spent, you know, really trying to fix the back end of the Chargers defense because it is so important in Brandon Staley's defense, obviously. But also now he gets to go and work with the front seven, work with the defensive line, work with the linebackers and that stuff that, yeah, maybe he did a little bit in the past, but now he has the ability to see what it's like to coach an entire side of the ball. Yeah,
0: exactly. This frees him up so so he can you know shore up his game as a coach, and he can go over different facets of the defense if he wants to go to Joe Barry, the linebackers coach, and say, hey, coach, you know what what are you doing? Pick your brain, get get in on what he's doing, or if he wants to go to you know the secondary and put put some more point of emphasis on that area, as you know he was a Df- DB in the league for a long time and a DB coach, or if, if he wants to learn pass rushing, or he can learn all aspects of the defense while not have to not having to worry of putting that you know those those calls together for Sunday. It just allows him to learn and be a better coach. So I think that's a great opportunity for him and and who knows, maybe eventually he will be the one calling the plays. I think just right now it's it's Staley because you know he he's trying to get his vision together and, and get things executed the way he wants and once he puts that blueprint out there about how he wants things to get done, then maybe that might change. But as of right now, this allows a young defensive coordinator to really get comfortable and learn every aspect of the defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he did say, you know, early on a couple of different times, or at least at the beginning when talking about the play calling. So it did kind of make it seem that at some point, you know, he might take over those duties from Brandon Staley. I mean, who knows? That's just what the plan is right now. And as Staley said, you know, I'm calling plays as of right now, but another thing that he talked about, David, that I do think is going to help him connect with the players is obviously his experience as a player spending 10 seasons in the NFL, even spending a season with Chris Harris Jr., not only as his coach in Denver, but also as a player in 2011 when the two were in training camp together briefly is how he put it, but I do think that builds you some credibility with the team, them knowing that you've been in their shoes before and understanding, as he put it, the day-to-day, how the body feels and having an understanding that the guys have to make it to the game to have an impact on the game and also allowing the players to control the defense so it's theirs. You put them in place, but you have to, you know, as Brandon Staley would put it, let them express themselves at those positions. And I think when you do give the players that power, not only, you know, do they feel like it is more of their defense but also, I think that it makes the defense better because they are truly buying into it. And I think as a former player and obviously as a coach over the last couple of years, I do think those kind of give him ins to get some players to buy in. And as we've seen, you know, whether it's Kareem Jackson or Justin Simmons or Xavier Howard, people have bought in.
0: Well, it gives them that credibility in the room because the, the guys that he's coaching, the guys, the, the men that he's leading, they all know that he's been there. He's done that. And he's done it for a long time. I mean, he wasn't in the league for one years or two years. He was there for a decade. So he knows how the game is played. He understands the day-to-day grind and how to protect these players, how to get their bodies right. And, I mean, that was so important when I heard him say, hey, we got to get these guys to Sunday. I mean, he understands that grind. He he knows that, that that's extremely important. Availability is the best ability. I mean, I can coach you and put you in the right positions, but if you're not healthy to get on the football field and execute, then you can't help me. So, I mean, to have that credibility as a player and that understanding, that gives him clout with these players, and it's going to help them buy in. And the fact that he has that same vision with Brandon Staley about communication, of uh, listening to these players and hearing their input, I think is going to also be another way to have these guys respect him, along with that playing experience.
1: Yeah, and obviously he has to be a contributor too, right? I mean, he has to be saying things that the players not only understand, which it seems like he'll be able to do. You know, being a former player, having coached some guys so successfully with Denver and with Miami. But he still has to go out there and do it. And I think this will be a very valuable experience. And if you hear how he talked about what him and and Staley's conversations are like, it makes a lot of sense that this is a guy that's thinking on the same page as Brandon Staley. And the way that they like to game plan, and the way they just talk about football, even when it's not necessarily... Their next important you could tell was a big thing but we're going to get into those guys being in each other's offices all the time how he wants to be very aggressive and blitz often and much more coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that if you have any auto part that you need there's only one place to go and that is rockauto.com they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even a new carpet Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. And rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And I know for me, I was missing a couple of things in my car. I needed a couple of parts and I just did not know what even to ask for or where to look in chain stores. But instead, I just put in the type of car that I had onto rockauto.com. I got it delivered to my house, which is the best way. And the best thing about rockauto.com is you know you're getting the best price because whether you are a mechanic or just a daily driver, you're going to get the same price. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is online I know you guys are all ready for the Super Bowl. I'm super excited about it. Another reason just to eat a bunch of great food and the one thing that's going to give you a little bit more juice on Super Bowl Sunday is having an account with betonline.ag and doing all of the fun prop bets, whether it's the Gatorade color, whether it's what song comes out first during halftime of the Super Bowl. So many fun prop bets with online. AG, and they're the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And right now, you guys can even get some free money to bet on that Super Bowl. All you have to do is sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus and free money for you guys to be betting on football and every sport at betonline.ag. So one of the things we ended off the last segment talking about was just the fact that Ronaldo Hill and Brandon Staley, you can tell really when both guys have talked about each other, just how much on the same page both guys are and how much they like to pick each other's brains. And that was one thing that came up with Ronaldo Hill. David was just him saying that he basically spent more time in Brandon Staley's office than he did in his own office during their time in Denver because they were just that much in love with football. They wanted to pick each other's brains that much and they were always planning on different things and finding new ways to attack defensively
0: which is awesome i mean the the fact that they were just seeking out ways to get better ways to be better coaches ways to figure out how to silence these incredible offenses that we see in the nfl i mean that i mean offense. this is an offensive league i mean the offense dominates we all know that so to have coaches that have that fervor and that excitement and that just energy towards getting better and improving and trying to, like, like Brandon Staley said, stay on the cutting edge of, of you know technology and information anyway to, to try to get that advantage – That's exciting, and it really kind of gives you a feeling that these guys are going to put customized game plans in place week to week, uh, no matter or depending on who the opponent is. They're not going to just have a general game plan, and it seems like because the the time and work they're going to put in, they're going to be able to to adjust, which is something that Brandon Staley talked about, and it's something that we've seen with him, him as the defensive coordinator with the Rams, especially in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, thinking of Brian Saleh being able to come up with a game plan is something that we haven't worried about, right? I mean, you could argue, hey, I mean, it didn't seem like he had a great game plan for the Green Bay Packers, but that's Aaron Rodgers and stuff happens. You know what I mean? So obviously, that's it's not 49 all be touchdowns good. right in your face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would say Tampa, I guess, had a, a better defensive plan against them but alas all I'm saying basically is just that with Brandon Staley I mean it's just never been an issue you've never had to think about whether or not they were going to have a unique game plan for each week and with Ronaldo Hill I think they're you know backing that up and just the thought of them just looking for different offenses throughout the NFL or what's hot right now is the RPO how do we stop that? And that's actually a big part of what Brandon Staley does defensively is he was thinking like, hey, this is the new big thing, RPOs. How do I stop that? You know, I go a light box. I have two two high safeties and all those things. So, I mean, he also said that he learned that from the collegiate level just because so many of the quarterbacks in college are athletes that they're going to tuck the ball and run all of the time, you know, more so than they do in the NFL. But it's obviously trending That direction, but just thinking about those two guys having those conversations, I think, is something that will make this team better. It's two guys that are definitely going to collaborate to try to make the best game plan. And if you're there, just really spending this much time, you know, in each other's offices trying to dissect different teams' offenses and just always trying to come up with with the next best way to stop the next big thing. That's really all you can ask for there. But what he wants to run defensively, and one of the things that he said was important, was just instead of running a single high safety look like a lot of the teams in the league right now are doing, which, as he said, makes teams want to throw the ball at you, makes teams want to, or think at least that they have an advantage on you. Instead, he said he wants to run a lot of the cover to shell, having two high safeties up there, making them want to run the football, having light boxes And things like that. But he also said, David, that it would help them be able to disguise things. And they're going to do a lot of things post-snap to try to confuse other offenses and I think and to stress out other offenses, as he put it. But that is something that obviously we didn't see very much under Gus Bradley. And this is them continuing, you know, to say the things we want to hear coming from that cover three heavy zone defense is just Hey, not only, you know, is it going to be different than the cover three, but they're going to change things up. They're going to disguise things. They're going to try to attack offenses in that way as well.
0: Well, they're going to be more exotic too. I mean, they're just going to be—they're going to be more multiple, as he put it. They're going to be able to do some different things and mix some things up and not do the same thing over and over again. They're going to have different formations and different uh, different looks out there, which is definitely going to help. It's something we've been screaming for. It's—it uh, seems like the Char- the Chargers' defense the last several years has been very predictable. You know, they 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 come out and they want to limit the explosive plays. They know that but it has its obvious weaknesses, and it's been exploited. So it, the fact that they're going to change things up and they're going to go to the two you know, two safety shell and they're going to be able to disguise things, I mean, look no further than the games against Miami uh, this year with Justin Herbert and how much he struggled with how much they disguised those looks. When you know when you can't just see, based off of the defensive alignment, what you're going to be able to do with the football, it ha- makes you think and makes you have to process things faster. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you do that, you make mistakes. So that's what they want. They want to try to force some of those mistakes with this type of defensive alignment, and I, for one, am all for it. Well,
1: and that helps you create turnovers, right? And that's obviously a huge thing, too, especially in today's league where it's like, Sometimes you're going to run into a juggernaut offensively, but if your defense is at least able to turn the ball over a couple of times, if it's able to make a couple of big plays like that, then you still have a shot. You're getting extra possessions. You're taking possessions away. And the other thing he talked about on that same line is just blitzing and how aggressive that he wants to be. And what he said about it was just basically... Hey, you know, the NFL is a place where you have to be able to bring pressure and it's very important. And he also just said that he thinks that the blitz plan that they're going to have is going to work very well. And I would also say it's not even just blitzing necessarily. Obviously, everyone's going to blitz more than Gus Bradley, but if you're only bringing four guys or whatever the case is like you can still find pressure that way if you're not sending the same four guys all the time and that'll be the big thing with the three four defense is just you can be sending guys from different angles all the time and never knowing what they have coming or who they have coming I think as far as you know, disguising the defense It kind of goes along with that, David, but he's also saying, hey, we want to be aggressive. We are going to blitz and we're going to be able to create pressure, which with what the talent has been on the Chargers pass press has been such an issue for them, especially over the last two years.
0: So you would figure, hey, we need to try to figure out different ways to get some pressure on the quarterback, but they didn't really do that. And it seems like, you know, hey, let's let's rush Kenneth Murray. Oh, wow, look at that. That looked pretty good. Why don't we do that more often? Or they bring Chris Harris Jr. or one of the other defensive backs on a on a you know safety or, or cornerback blitz and then they get pretty close to getting home or they do get home and that just doesn't happen a lot. So to hear that he's going to blitz, and not only is he going to blitz, but he's going to get creative with the blitz. He's going to mix things up. He's going to send four. He's going to send five, six, seven. He's going he's going to bring pressure, which that's what we all want to hear. The Chargers obviously have been terrible uh, at getting after the quarterback, and we know when you get pressure on the quarterback, good things happen for your defense. It usually leads to turnovers and mistakes, and that's just hasn't happened for this defense. They need to get more pass rush. They need to get more turnovers. Blitzing and getting more pressure is
1: obviously going to help with that. Well, nice. And the nice thing about the combination of Ronaldo Hill and Brandon Staley is you feel like even if they do blitz, they're going to put a plan in action because normally what you do is you throw wherever the blitz is coming from. That's the hot read. That's where you throw the ball. But if you're doing really good at disguising your defense, they could even know that blitz is coming, but you have a backup plan. You know somebody's going to be in that vacated spot and it gives you more chances to. To go make a play that way as well. So I do think they are in good hands there. And they are going to blitz a lot more than they have in the past. But I'm more interested to see how they stack up the coverage behind that too. If the blitz doesn't get home right away, they can kind of cover their asses in that sense. But the last thing that I want to get into in this segment is just talking about one of the guys that we thought was gone. Ronaldo Hill ended up, you know, enlightening us that he was still with the team. And that is Giff Smith, who is, you know, reportedly Joey Bo says favorite coach, the Chargers D-line coach since 2016. He was here before Anthony Lynn, and now it seems like he will make it after Anthony Lynn's tenure, and I think that is really big for Joey Bosa, and I do think Joey Bosa had part of the say, you know, at least as far as, hey, we want to keep this guy, but it does make it a little unclear what's going to happen with Jay Rogers, who was supposed to be the defensive line coach from the Bears coming over to the Chargers, but never we never heard an official title on that, so that's Something that remains to be seen. But I would also say that, you know, besides Joey Bosa, I think you could argue that you need more development with the defensive line. Uchenna has been good when he's been healthy. But there's also a lot of guys that we haven't seen a lot from on the inside. I mean, Justin Jones still really hasn't lived up to all the hype from the last offseason. Jerry Tillery still has a long way to go. Limbaugh Joseph is Limbaugh Joseph, so that's cool and everything. And he's fine. I'm not worried about that. But it would be hard to say that the development has been great from the defensive line. So I do think that is something they have to take into account going forward. So we're going to get into the two coaches that Ronaldo Hill talked about and one more coach the Chargers reportedly brought in on Wednesday, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and I know I always say that, and I know there's probably some of you out there that think I'm just saying that, but I'm really not. I mean, Bill Bars are really good. If you guys haven't tried them yet, I would highly encourage it, because it's not just the fact that they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, but you can have something that's healthy for you and something that tastes great at the same time, and you're not going to get over it either just because there are so many different flavors that you can choose from. I mean, this week, my favorite has been banana bread, but usually I'm more of a peanut butter guy. Sometimes I switch it up, go peanut butter brownie. I mean, there's just so many combinations that you can go to, and most importantly, they taste great, so you can get something that's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. It's great for the keto diet, and you can do that without having to feel guilty because you're also getting something that is good for you. And another thing that's good for you is saving money. And we can do that for you guys too, because if you go to builtbar.com, you can use the promo code locked to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on all caps, one word for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, well, we got into the most interesting comments that we had seen from Ronaldo Hill. But the one thing I actually didn't get to touch on is something that I really wanted to touch on. And that was just him being asked about Brandon Staley assembling a very diverse coaching staff. And I think if you look at just the statistics, you can easily tell that minority coaches in the NFL don't always get the same chances at big time jobs as non minority coaches. Dude, that's just a fact. I mean, yes, you do have to be qualified for it. And Brandon Staley talked about in his opening press conference, he said that I think you will see in my staff that we're going to try to better this in the NFL. We're going to try to Get minority coaches that we think can succeed and that are very highly qualified for the job. And Ronaldo Hill just said that, you know, that was not just lip service. He's actually doing that. And the other thing that he's doing is he wants to get these guys paid, whether it's his minority coaches or just the rest of his coaching staff. That is a selling point for him, which is just, hey, I want you guys to be so good. If you guys are good enough to give us a good defense and gain interest from other teams. Obviously, we're doing something right. So he wants these guys to move up. He wants to have an elite coaching staff that he can refill from the inside if somebody gets poached from them. And more importantly, something that was important to him was creating a diverse coaching staff. And now he has three minority coaches that he's brought in within the last week that are all super highly qualified. And I think will all have a chance now to, you know, better their career. So it is nice to see him, you know, going through with something that he said he was going to do. And I think that's just something that's exciting. It's exciting to see guys like this getting the opportunities that they deserve. And that's really all it's about. But one thing that we did see with some other hires, and the only reason we know about a couple of these are because Ronaldo Hill said, these guys are who he's going to be working with defensively. And we were all kind of like, Wait, what? Did he just, like, announce who the Chargers' defensive coaching staff was, David? And the first one he talked about was former Tennessee defensive coordinator at just last season, Derek Ansley. So, what did you think about him? Obviously, we're not going to get way too in-depth with it, but just on first glance, what stood out to you about him? So, looking at Derek Ansley, the
0: first thing that kind of stuck out out to me is that he's a defensive coordinator at Tennessee. So you're bringing in a guy who has experience overseeing the entire defense. And also one kind of particular little tidbit that, that, uh, that stuck out to me is that they ran the split safety look, which is something that they're trying to bring to the chargers defense. So having an, another guy who's a little bit of an authority on that and having more experience with that, um, it's only going to help you know, with that transition. And also, I mean, he hasn't coached a lot uh he had had one stint in the NFL as, as a defensive backs coach for the Oakland Raiders in 2018 and then he went to be the defensive coordinator for the for Tennessee uh, ahead of the 2019 season so not too much experience as far as coaching um, in <clears throat> coaching in the NFL, but he does have a little bit of uh, of experience coaching in college. So he was a graduate assistant for Al- for Alabama in 2011 and 2012, and then spent a year at Tennessee as a defensive backs coach. Went to Kentucky and then came back to Tennessee. So a lot of experience coaching in the in the collegiate ranks. He is now getting another opportunity to be on an NFL coaching staff, and uh, like I said, it's always exciting to have a guy who's has experience overseeing an entire defense and bringing that knowledge to the NFL level on a young defensive coordinator staff.
1: And it is nice, yeah, that the defensive coordinator also has a specialty in defensive backs, which is where we're assuming that Derek Ansley is going to be, because he said, you know, with, or it's on the back end with Derek Ansley, and so I do think This is a guy who's been mostly in college, like you talked about, has one year of NFL experience, but I do think he's a guy that's been in a lot of different systems at different schools, has coached really good players. On a snippet from the Tennessee website, it said that he's coached 15 defensive backs that have been selected to the NFL draft and six All-Americans, some of those being guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Eddie Jackson. Marlon Humphrey and many more so he's coached a lot of really good players guys that are in the league and himself as a player where he played at Troy and during his career there he ended up playing in 40 straight games and recording 19 interceptions which is a ton for a college career so he could play a little bit too but (laughs) last year the defense for Tennessee was not pretty uh, and I would understand people would point that and be like look at this but the year before that his first season as the defense coordinator and college teams can change so much from year to year, especially in a pandemic when there's people opting out and things like that. But they went from 77th to 23rd in the country in total defense in his first season as a defensive coordinator in Tennessee, going up against SEC offenses. So he has done a lot of good things with a lot of different programs, especially in their secondary. But the other guy that he mentioned was Tom Donatello who was most recently a quality defensive control coach for the Seattle Seahawks for four seasons. And David, this is a guy that also has some ties throughout the league that would make sense why, you know, even though he's coming from Seattle, which is somewhere that Brandon Staley hasn't coached before, is still kind of tied to him in a way. It
0: is. I mean, and, and if you think to yourself, Donatel, hmm, that kind of seems like a familiar name. Nepotism. Well, that's be- that's <laughs> because he is the son of the Broncos defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel, So, yes, uh, another coach that has some kind of relationship, even subtly, with Brandon Staley, a guy I'm sure he worked with a little bit since Brandon Staley worked with his father with the Denver Broncos on his staff. So uh, yeah, Te- Tom Donatel. Uh, looking on the Seattle Seahawks website, I thought it was kind of interesting. They gave a little bit of uh, background to exactly what Donatel did for them. The Seahawks website said that his primary responsibilities included film study of uh, of opponents, self scouting, playbook promotion, and assisting defense. coordinator Ken Norton Jr. So, and also that he was a player. I mean, he another guy who has experience playing college football at Iowa. So Tom Donatel is going to be on this staff. Another young coach. I mean, he's—I mean, he's really young. He's—he was born in 1989, so he's only a couple of years. He's 31 years old, so a really young coach getting an opportunity to be on this staff. So I thought it was, like I said, I just thought it was really interesting some of the details that these quality control coaches do because that's kind of a, a general name, Daniel. So you're not exactly sure what they do on a day-to-day basis. This gives a little bit of emphasis or insight on that.
1: Well, and I had said nepotism when you were talking about that, and obviously I'm joking to some extent, but it does also seem like that's the kind of position that they give out when you're a friend of a friend or a friend's kid or something Definitely. like that trying to get in to the coaching ranks. I mean, look at who the Chargers have doing it right now. It's Seth Ryan on offense, who's Rex Ryan's kid. And then Ron Miles' kid doing the defensive quality control. So it is definitely a kind of an ambiguous position, and it seems like that's where a lot of those guys go. That's like an assistant cases. position. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's definitely an assistant position. But the one thing I did think was actually pretty interesting about Donatello is, yes, he played at Iowa. But the thing I thought was interesting is he came in as a quarterback, moved to linebacker. Then moved to defensive back, then moved to outside linebacker, and then moved into the secondary again. So we talk about guys that have played a lot of positions that have played on both sides of the ball. Here's another one coming under Brain and Staley staff, a guy that has, you know, learned a lot of different positions, you know, and has been coached at a lot of different positions. And I think that helps when you're going into an opportunity like this where you don't know where you're going to be helping out along the defense, or at least we don't know where he's going to be helping out along the defense but the last one was actually just a report coming in from Tom Pelissero about a new coach the Chargers are bringing in that is Sean Surratt who is and who is the former Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach over the last couple of seasons he's being brought in as an assistant offensive line coach with the Chargers seems like there's kind of a, some of that already so far i mean Joe Barry ended up you know coming as the defensive run game coordinator and also as a linebackers coach. Then you also, you know, had Jay Rogers reportedly coming over, but not being the defensive coordinator. And we don't know really about that. But this is another guy who was an offensive line coach and is now coming in to be an assistant offensive line coach. And he spent six seasons with the Steelers as an offensive assistant coach, one season as a Steelers assistant offensive line coach, and two seasons as the Steelers official offensive line coach over the last two years. But it is going to be hard to kind of base how good of an offensive line coach he is from the last couple of seasons because even though the Steelers did have an offensive line that was known for being good at pass protection, they also didn't run the ball at all last year. I mean, if you saw the Steelers' offense last year, they could not run the football at all. They averaged just 3.6 yards per carry, and they averaged less than 85 yards per game. So... Obviously, a lot of that has to do with talent, but they weren't the least talented offensive line either, so he's not the official offensive line coach. He's an assistant who has shown you know, he can work with some of these guys and get a lot out of them in certain situations, but I think that would be the one thing that kind of rains on the parade a little bit. It's just like, hey, maybe we're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and that's kind of the, what we've heard from these coaches seemingly. But you would still like to find some people that are really good at getting the running game going. So even when you're not doing I mean, it hey, a lot,
0: that's a great organization, though, Daniel. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers—they've had a lot, had one head coach, and had a lot of really good teams and a lot of good offensive lines. So, I mean, to bring you know, get a guy with that kind of pedigree from that type of organization is only going to be a benefit to this organization that hasn't had a great offensive line in a long time.
1: One, you know, you heard it from Joe Lombardi, the first time he ventured out of the Saints, it was really hard for him to adjust because he was doing things the same way for so long. I mean, that could possibly be a barrier that he has to break down. And I'm not trying to, you know, brain on this pick for an offensive line coach. Hey, bring in all the guys that you think are going to do the best for you and help your offensive line the most because we know that they need it by all means. But there is something to be said about moving your way up. And he started as an assistant after being a graduate assistant at the college level. He moved up to be the assistant offensive line coach. And only one year later, they felt comfortable enough to give him the mantle of, you know, protecting an aging Ben Roethlisberger with the offensive line. So that's obviously nothing to sneeze at. And if you're having that guy just as an assistant, hey, get all the assistants, get all the well-qualified people that you can to come in and try to get this fixed. And most importantly, Get some players to fix it as well and and maybe draft, you know, an offensive lineman in the first three rounds of the draft. But that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we will have Darius Swinton's first press conference with the team. But we're also going to be getting into who we want to see at the Senior Bowl and who we're looking forward to that potentially the Chargers could be targeting in the 2021 NFL draft. I will be in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl representing the Locked on Chargers podcast representing the LA Football Network. I'm super stoked about it and I want to get into, you know, some of the guys because there's a lot of really talented players that are going to be playing in that showcase on Saturdays, you know, a lot of guys that could really help the Chargers, so me, John, and David are all going to be getting into that, as well as the things we find interesting from Darius Swinton's first press conference as the special teams coordinator for the Chargers, but that's going to do it for us today, if you don't already, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers, as well as checking out our new Instagram account, which is also at LockedOnChargers, we'd appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you guys subscribe to the show, whether you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or wherever you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And it's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. And if you'd rate and review, of course, we would very much appreciate it. But we're going to do a voicemail show next week for sure, guys. So if you guys want to get your voicemails in on whatever's happening with the Chargers and ask us some questions, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. So tomorrow we'll be back here talking about Darius Witten's first press conference in who we want to see at the senior bowl that can end up on the Chargers. But until then, guys, take it easy and go, Bolts.